Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week, we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. All right. Welcome aboard Health and Wealth Power Hour. So glad you could be with us today. Beautiful Thursday out there. And there's nothing better to talk about on a Thursday than health insurance, right? (laughs) I know all of y'all just couldn't hardly wait. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about it today. You know, we we're very blessed to have some uh, really great guests on our show every week, and we do have one today. We're going to talk uh, to uh, Mr. Stephen Jackson about mortgages and such in just a little bit. But I want to share with you a pretty interesting debate. Uh, I guess this is the best way to say it that uh, I've kind of been participating somewhat with online, and that is a debate even amongst doctors on the way they get paid. Uh, So more or less a traditional way, unlike most everybody else, is traditionally doctors get paid uh, as a fee-for-service type uh, organization. You know, hospitals, uh, you know, really the way that uh, insurance companies are set up, Medicare is set up, they're all really a fee-for-service. You do this, I pay you this. And Medicare is really the baseline for this. And I know I've talked to you guys about this before, but Medicare kind of sets where the rates start at. So they say, hey, I'm going to pay this much. Uh, let's just say that for an MRI, Medicare decides that they're going to pay 100 bucks. That's just it. Boom, $100. That's what we'll pay for an MRI. Well, then everyone else kind of adjusts their rates around that. And, and yes, you can go out there and find that same MRI for $1,500. Well, that's 15 times the cost of Medicare. But if you were to get that MRI at that place that charges $1,500, if Medicare is paying for it, then all they're going to pay for that is $100. That's the set price. But when you have these organizations that are paying doctors on this fee for service too, then the logical thing, and this is not the way it always works, but the, here's the the excuse for not having this as the way it's designed is then it becomes a it's a reason I guess you can say for doctors to do more of fill in the blank uh, you know let's, let's just say that a doctor gets paid extra if he puts a stent in well that gives him more reason to put a stent in than to not if the patient would have possibly been okay without the stent or there was more time that could have went by without the stand, or it was possible to not ever have put the stand in, but they go ahead and do that. Is the reasoning behind that that the that they got paid more? So that's kind of the debate on that side of it. Is yeah, but that's so that's a bad thing. Uh, 
But then, of course, the folks that say, hey, that's the way it is, and that's the way we get paid, and we deserve to get paid for the services we render, not a salary like most people get paid, because we all know that's how in most jobs in America you get paid a salary. Now, we're not talking about sales while, where it's a commission, because that actually is more like a fee-for-service generally. It's, it, that's kind of, and that's also, of course, one of the reasons that uh, you have to be a fiduciary if you're in the financial services, because you want to make sure someone's not selling something that is not proper for them if it's better for you because it's a higher commission. So it's really that same mindset on is a doctor performing a certain surgery or performing a certain task, uh, a certain procedure, because it's better for them financially. Now, we all want to say, no, that's just not going to happen that often. Just like, you know, I want to believe in my industry that someone's going to do a better job of looking at what your needs are and make sure that you're in the best health plan or that you have the best life insurance or that you're on the best Medicare Advantage plan or whatever that is, that they're going to do all of that due diligence. But we all know that that's not always the case. There are people out there that simply are looking out for themselves and not looking out for the client. And that is a shame but it certainly happens. So I, I thought it was rather interesting as I was uh, watching this uh, video that was out there uh, by Dr. Bricker, who is uh, A to Z Health, and he is, he really looks at a lot of different things and has some very un, unpopular uh, opinions about that. And he is a doctor, so it's it, it, that's what makes it even a little bit uh, more interesting. But he, he knows how to ruffle some feathers, too, because not only is he a doctor, but he's also in the insurance industry. So he kind of looks at it from, from both sides. Kind of a very interesting situation, what, uh, what's going on there. As the debate towards health care starts sliding into those to produce it. And, you know, over the, the last year plus, uh, last couple of years, obviously, during the pandemic, the, the perception, I think, of... Uh, you know, Americans towards doctors has changed somewhat and the distrust level has changed somewhat. And, you know, a lot of that is through just everything that happened through the pandemic. And I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It just is what it is. And that's uh, that's unfortunate that we have got to that point. But that is certainly something that has happened. And as we look at doctors trying to rebuild that trust, then I think that more transparency, which, of course, everyone is working towards, more transparency and understanding uh, the a, a doctor's willingness to let second opinions be part of the regular process, I think, will help build that back. But when you look at the huge number of people that did not have certain procedures over the last two years because they were not necessary or they were really truly voluntary, I think – that's really opened this door. That has opened this door to think, well, how many procedures have been done in the past that really were not even necessary? Uh, people that maybe had put something off because it wasn't uh, a timely thing. It was is not necessarily voluntary. Hey, we need to get this done, but it's okay if we wait another couple of months uh, as people think maybe COVID was going to pass quicker. And then all of a sudden, whenever it became time that they could do it, they said, you know what, I don't even need this anymore. It's kind of worked itself out. And I know a few people that were in that type of situation. And so obviously questions are going to arise when you have situations like that. But it is an interesting debate. And I think that uh, 
you should keep abreast of that. You should keep uh, your your ear to the to the track, as it were, because there's a lot going on in the world of healthcare, uh, in the world of health insurance. Of course, I'll keep you guys abreast of what's going on the best that I can. But stay informed. Uh, that that really is the best way you can stay informed uh, you actually can uh, go check us out on our web uh, our well our website obviously at eaglecarehealth.com and then also go like us on our facebook page because we're constantly sharing information about what's going on out there too and of course you can check us out on linkedin also if you're a business and you want to follow us and keep up with everything going on in the medical world because that's what we do is keep you informed. All right, it is time for our first break. When we get back, we're going to talk mortgages and all thing mortgages with local mortgage broker, Mr. Stephen Jackson. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power. We'll be right back. And we are back. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power Hour. Thank you so much for joining with us today. It is a great day for a great day. And what better thing to talk about than the American dream of home ownership with Mr. Stephen Jackson with LHM Financial Corporation. Hey, welcome aboard, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, you're very welcome, sir. Well, everyone knows it. it seems like, uh, I guess, 18, 24 months period of time. Man, those interest rates were low, and people were doing all kind of refinancing and buying things. You, there was no inventory to be found anywhere, and then the other shoe dropped, right? Yeah, you're not kidding. But you know what? <laughs> There's been worse things. I just tell, every, I, tell my, I tell my team every day. Every day's Christmas. Every night, Saturday night. So we just got to look at the positives. Absolutely. It's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I'm in the San Antonio area, and from the talk of my realtor connections, it it really hasn't slowed down too much. Even though the rates have inched up some, there's still a lot of momentum in the housing market right now. Are you seeing the same thing in the Houston area? Yeah, we are. Um, And, you know, we're seeing it in Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, and all the the markets in Texas are are pretty much the same. the, the, the amazing part is is that the Texas economy drives so many companies, right, and right. so many new people to our state that the demand for homes is just unbelievable. And, yeah, there may be a shortage in terms of, of inventory, but what that's doing is, you know, it's, it's also affecting the price for the house. And when you have the price of the house going up and then you have the interest rates going up, you know, even though the buyer may get a little nervous, they understand the importance of making sure, really, they have the right lender and the right realtor representing them in this type of market because it's not impossible. It just creates an opportunity to make sure that your every I's dotted and T's crossed to look at every opportunity that's out there. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And I want to I want to talk about something I think a lot of people overlook, and you probably see this also, and that is having that pre-authorization letter. Because if you're shopping for a house and you ain't got that, you you're you're probably in bad shape. To be quite honest. Oh yeah, it's it's you know it's it's funny. I have so many agents. I had an agent yesterday that posted on Facebook my uh, uh, business card and was sending praises not so necessarily about me but about the team because we do exactly that right buyer comes we have always done that 
28 years. We've always vetted the client up front to make sure that they're actually approved instead of the days of, oh, take an application. Let me run your credit. You know what? That looks really good. And that, that's where they stop. And the big difference to that is, is there's so many variables in the way people are paid financially. There's so many variables to how much money they have in the bank, right, and where right. that money's coming from that people just honestly sometimes will make a mistake by allowing things to occur. Uh, for instance, um, large deposits into their bank account from their parents. Oh, oh, well, my mom and dad was going to give me money anyway. Well, where did that money come from? Oh, it was cash. Well, we can't use that. And you just hear dead silence. So, yes, there's <laughs> so many variables out there that it's just really important that a true pre-underwrite, so to speak, is given when that offer is made. Well, and and what you, uh, that's a great example. What you just said is something that, would certainly not be common knowledge if if someone no. is not in that industry. They're like, hey, I, I mean, I got paid, right? I mean, or I got this money. Right. It, it's got to be. It's in my bank. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> well, where'd your parents get it? Well, they had it underneath the cactus. We didn't want the IRS to find it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No problem. We like the IRS. So you know, you're you're exactly right. And 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 I've got this. You know, I I could go through multiple stories with you. I I, I tell you. It's it's just um, it's not their fault. It's it's not their fault. But that's why that's why I try to anytime that I have this opportunity to speak with uh, you know the public or, or or even even locally in my community, I try to push the importance that big banks do a great job with checking and savings and investments, but the big banks. Sometimes don't take the time, right? Just because you have your money there, they're not the best at necessarily focusing on one thing, and that is mortgages. And that's what that's what we do, and that's why we're great at what we do. Not just you know, not just good, but great because that's that's everything that we do, right? And we have to know those other variables that sometimes these larger banks don't do. And we could get into some of those differences if needed, but. But it's really important to be able to pick up the phone and talk to someone that can actually evaluate that person's situation. And, and you know, I think another thing that's changed, and you, you've been in this industry a long time, and so there was definitely a time you didn't have a competitor uh, like Quicken, mm -hmm. uh, Rocket Mortgage. You, you know, somebody couldn't oh. just get online 28 years ago, mm -hmm. heck, even 20, even 15 years ago, you really couldn't get online and do that. And of course, so many people do take the easy way, but yeah. I will, and I they, will tell you mm -hmm. from experience that if you have someone that you build a relationship with, like, like you, Steven, your process will be so much better than dealing with an online entity that you'll never talk to the same person twice. <laughs> that is exactly right. And and trying to get a hold of them after hours is a joke. I mean, we 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 or people ask me every day, well, how long or how when you open? Um, well, I'm open seven days a week. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I mean, literally, if I'm watching Breaking Bad at night at nine o'clock at night, and you need something, text me. Seriously? Well, yeah, the market's more competitive now than ever. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh my, oh my goodness. So you're again, yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, the value that some of those larger companies that you mentioned bring 
is the technology, right? Or the, that millions and billions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars they spend on advertising. Well, where do you think that money is passed on to? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we, you know, <laughs> we have the same technology. We can make the client's experience the exact same. It's just a situation where I pay $0 for leads. I get 100% of what we get from referrals. If that's builders, if that's realtors, if that's accountants, if that's former clients, family, people like yourself, radio shows like this, you name it. We actually work for the community and to the community. And, and I just think that's important. Yeah, and one of the things I think it was interesting, you know, we, we didn't really get a chance to talk beforehand, but we were able to exchange a couple of emails, is yeah. you made the statement that it is important to have the right team, whether it's your first time or mm -hmm. your anytime purchase. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of times when people are getting their first home, they, they don't know. Of course, you don't know what you don't know, but they don't know really anything in most cases. Uh, they they may get some <clears throat> advice from family members, from parents or a friend or, you know, uh, your auntie or wh whoever it is. You get some advice from that person. Oh, yeah. But if they're not in the industry, that's what they have is advice, not expertise. And there is a that's huge right. difference between advice and expertise. And having that right team you just can't replace it. Uh, I mean, I, being in my industry, in the insurance industry, you just cannot mm -hmm. replace getting expertise and getting a true, uh, you know, true help with your your process. And so, talk I a little bit. You know, talk a little bit about what your team brings sure. to the table. Help people understand why it's why it's really important. Sure. And I'll first start with the. Uh... I'll first start on the real estate side. Um, you know, we get majority of our referrals from there. And when the agents come to us, of course, they, they've got a client. Number one, I think that every seller should have an agent in today's market. Um, and some people that are listening today are not going to like my attitude about this. <laughs> but if they don't, they think they're going to save money. But in the end, they're leaving money on the table. They're leaving uh, possible... Uh, Legal problems with the way the contract was written. Mm -hmm. They're going to leave. They're going to be facing uh, negotiation tactics that happen midstream during the transaction. Um, there's a lot of value, right? But what what happens is, is you have a lot of sellers that go on YouTube and they become experts, right? <laughs> um, everything I build, I watch on YouTube, right? And then I go try to build it, and I'm serious. And then I'm 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 building it, and I'm like, wow, this is not as easy as I thought. Well, that's exactly what happened when people try to do this thing on their own and then they take it a step further by the time they come to us what's beautiful is is usually the agent sends that over and i'm the first point of contact i'm the con you know it, it, the way that my my team is structured or region structured every yellow pretty much kind of deviates to, to what's comfortable for them but they're all pretty much the same because i i kind of run the ship like uh jimmy johnson used to with the cowboys and hey, this is where the buy-in is. This is what works. We can adapt, sure. That's why we have a few offensive and defensive coordinators, but you kind of have to structure it in, in terms of the same way. And, and when the lead comes in, I need to talk and do that initial evaluation with that client and find out, okay, how much money do you have? Where's that money coming from? 
and how much can you technically think you can afford? We kind of go through those measures, and I can find out real quick, boy, this person's going to need a first-time home buyer grant program through the state of Texas. They have absolutely no money, and, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, concept of what closing costs are and how things work, so I'm really going to have to sit down and, and evaluate with this one. Or I may have a situation, to your point, where I can find out in that initial conversation, hey, I'd really like to sell my house later. And then, and then so where, what are my options to get you some money up, get me some money up front to make this deal happen and then sell my house later? So all these important uh, conversations are like a consultation is the way I call it, a free consultation. Once we have that initial consultation and I start to build uh, that even further by reviewing all their income, all their assets, and talking about everything, review their credit with them. If I see things I like, don't like, hit them, hit them right between the eyes with it and say, just shoot me straight. You know, Rule number one is if I'm going to be your financial leader in this transaction, make sure that nothing, and I mean nothing, is held back from me. You're not dealing with the underwriter yet, right? We haven't submitted your loan to underwriting yet, right? But I need to know all the facts because there's different ways to skin the cat. No, absolutely. So once they understand that and build the trust, they really feel comfortable. And no, that's I, kind of phase one, right? That's yeah. Phase one of it. Yeah, you, and you really have to go down that pathway because if, if they're going to underwriting and you haven't done that first part, it's not going to be pretty. No, it's going to come out. <laughs> well, it's not going to be pretty for two things. Um, my wife happens to be my, my assistant, so if I turn it into her, I'm, I might end up um, on the couch a few nights of the week. But she she's the second part of your question, and that is she is built to support all of our originators that when those loans get submitted, if it's a refinance or a purchase, she vets all the information that I have run through the initial phase of, of the online underwriting. Her role is to prepare, dot the I's, cross the T's, present the cake, so to speak, to the wedding party, right? She presents and submits the loan to underwriting. It comes out of underwriting approved, and we usually do that very, very early within the process. She does all job verifications, everything. So that's kind of the second piece of it, and that's the piece that's really important is because we can issue an approval once we have the contract, you know, usually very, very fast. Our underwriting turn times at our company are absolutely unbelievable. They're within 12 hours uh, from us submitting the file, and that's because we, we front load it so well. So a big part of that process is we front load the loan with all the documentation needed. And then when, when our assistants or our processors get those loan approvals, they're really just sitting there approved waiting for title and appraisal work. And that makes a process for an agent um, very, very easy. And then if any anything pops up, usually during the transaction, it's not because of income and assets. We've addressed that up front. It's usually because the appraisal comes in differently than what the client offered on the on the house, which is a which is the number one. I don't want to say issue, but the number one um, obstacle that buyers are facing today is that the offer prices are sometimes not supporting the appraised values, and so that that raises a totally different issue, and. What most lenders won't do is they won't evaluate the client at the consultation phase that says, okay, you're going to offer $530,000 for this house 
where the list price is 475. What happens if the appraisal comes in at 475? Do you have the money to make up that gap? I had some say, absolutely not. I said, well, then here's what we're going to do. <laughs> You're going to buy a lot less house. And I yeah. go and show them what they can buy. But that's happening. That's happening in the real world. I got, I got a deal right now. When we get off this call, I'm going to be calling the client where the, the appraisal came in 5000 lower than list, but yet they offered 60000 over list. Yowza. Yeah, that's... Yowza is right. <laughs> so where's that money going to come up from? Yeah. Math-wise, it's only another $8,000. But if you have only X amount to use, where's that other eight, eight to $9,000 going to come from? Those are the discussions of having a good agent because what say, will save this particular transaction is the fact that the agent wrote a clause in there that says, yes, we'll do an appraisal waiver as long as the appraisal supports the list price. Well, it came in 5000 less, so guess what? The offer price just went down 5000 The numbers are all the same because of the great agent, the way she negotiated the contract. That buyer absolutely doesn't have to come up with that extra money. But imagine doing that yourself. Could you right. imagine that if you've right. never done it before? Yeah, there, there's that. You wouldn't know what to do. You would just absolutely think Mm-mm. the deal was done. Yep. Hey, it's time for yeah. our first. It's time for a break, uh, Stephen. You can stick around. I got a couple more questions for you. Okay. I would love to. All right, great. Hey, Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power Hour. We'll be right back. And we are back, Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power Hour. Thank you so much for joining us today. With us is Mr. Stephen Jackson from LHM Financial Corporation. We're talking mortgages. We're talking about home buyer, American dream kind of stuff. Lots of folks took advantage of it. I mean, more people than ever, I think, took advantage of oh, it yeah. during uh, during the whole COVID pandemic, which is kind of a strange thing. Uh, I, I bet you that more people bought houses and property without actually setting foot in them before they purchased them than any time in the history of the world. Oh. <laughs> No question. I tell you what, and boy, that I tell you, I, that used to be the question I'd ask. Say, you want to make an offer on this? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> pray, praise the Lord, we still do appraisals. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is. It was such a strange time. I mean, I know things are in some places in the country. It still haven't got quite back to normal. We are blessed to be in the state of Texas, where things are just kind of humming along now. Uh, absolutely, pretty pretty much the way it was before uh, the pandemic too. But it was such a a weird time and seeing so much action going on in the real estate industry, but no one could go look at a house. It was it was very very. Very strange. Mm-hmm. I just. <laughs> uh, it was very strange. One of the things I wanted to, to hit on, and I, I recently had a family member that was looking at doing this, and so I was very interested whenever you put down uh, as part, part of your notes that the cash out refi is not dead. Uh, yep. and, and so talk about why that is and some of the things you could do if you went down that sure. route. Well, you know, it, 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 it's funny. Even during the. Uh, time frame of 2020 and 2021, you know, 2020 especially, as lenders, we were like, okay, if nobody can go see houses, how are they going to buy them, right? Well, of course, the, you know, the industry found a way. Um, then then the refinances went absolutely crazy. I don't, I don't think during 2020, as much as we were forced to be at home, um, it was so busy that Zoom, you know, and video calls um, ended up becoming so, 
so prevalent in our lives that it changed the entire industry. Um, I have adapted and, and had to change things um, to really, again, satisfy the client, satisfy the customer's experience. So even though so many people did so many what I call rate and term refinances, a cash-out refinance, especially in Texas, is one of the best things that a person can do, especially during uh, current times with inflation, is to leverage the money on their house where the values have increased so much that they can take a step back without realizing, wow, I've got equity here that I can really do some things with. And um, let me give you an example of that. I have a, I have a uh, uh, husband and wife that needed to put in some uh, a, a new fence, $17,000. Price of wood's gone up, right? right? I mean, everything's gone up. They're, they're, right. they're in tears. Um, HOA is all over them. They can't afford to do it. Um, I just happened to overhear a conversation at a party. And I asked them for their number and gave them a call the next day and said, hey, I, I don't want to put my nose in your business, but this is what I do for a living. And, and I would love the opportunity just to kind of look at your situation because I may have some resolution for you. First question I asked them was, how do you plan to pay for it? Um, and they were going to go through your typical uh, installment loan at 25% interest, you know, where just really the fence company wins, right? Wow. Yep, um, and, and I told him, I said, well, that's a great option. I understand that. Um, I don't know your entire financial situation. Let's just sit down and talk and let's see if something works. Well, I know we have, to, you know, we don't have too much time today, so I, I, I'll get right to it. But basically, in a nutshell, the, the um, appraisal value on that home came in to not only support them, but basically take them from a $135,000 existing mortgage where we were able to pay $92,000 in installment and revolving debt off with the new loan and provide them up to $105,000 in cash for them to not only do home improvements to their house, just the fence, but look at other things they wanted to do to their home and still have money left in the bank. Now, you may sit there and say, whoa, wait a minute. So you took somebody from 135000 to $400,000 and they were okay with that? Yes, and here's why. It saved them $1,592 a month in cash flow from what they were paying today. So the husband, who's very, very, he's an engineer type, he goes, I don't even care what the rate is, but please tell me. And it was over 6%, not because my rates are high, but because of the risk of the credit, right, of the situation. It was priced as normal. You could have shopped me or shopped down the lender down the street. The rates were all the same. Um, and we can talk about that, too, if we need to. But with a, in a nutshell, for a rate still to be over 6%, right, you may hear that and go, oh, no, I'm running. I'm not doing that. But when they sat down and looked at the financial plan I gave them, they were both in tears, sat up and hugged me, and we're closing that loan on uh, May 13th. Could you imagine not knowing, by not giving someone the opportunity, that you can save $1,500 a month in cash flow and still have $100,000 in the bank 
for reserves, which they've never had in their life. These folks were using credit cards to pay child care. Yeah. And that, my friend, is the real American issue out there. Yeah. What they don't know is what they don't know, just like you said earlier. Uh, yeah, and so no. you have to approach and listen. That's why God gave me two ears. I know I love to talk, but it gave me two years for a reason, and that is to try to listen to these people's needs. Because once you understand their needs, a cash-out refinance may not be for everyone. But in their case, when they're doing debt consolidation with cash-out, it is. And so it's very ironic. But I've had numerous clients go from, you know, the mid-threes up to the mid-to-high fives, in this case, 6%. But it all, it all made value. It all, it all pressed the same value. And we do look at things like to make sure they're going to be in the home, you know, enough time right. to break even on the right. closing costs because you can't get away from stuff. Uh, nothing's free. Um, but title fees are there. Taxes are there. You know, there's just little things. But with that said, all that stuff is evaluated in our consultation because we want to make sure that the client understands why the cash out is of value. Well, and you know what you're really doing is you're helping them leverage their their biggest asset, and absolutely. And the fact that it had gained as much value as they have, there's there's still a lot of folks. I mean, it's become fairly common knowledge now, but still not everyone really understands what Mm-mm. what you can do with that and the, the cash out is a the cash out refi is a big thing the family members that i had looking at it were looking to build a house and didn't want to have to deplete other savings while they had a huge amount of equity in their current place right. that they were going to sell doing the cash right. out they could have easily built the home they were looking at and still you mm-hmm. know sold the property for more than what they would have uh, been refinancing it for. So Absolutely. they were looking at it for that, that route, which is a completely different situation, but it puts you in a much better way of building something or even if you're going to buy something, especially if someone's, say, downgrading, uh, you know, uh, empty nesters that are <laughs> uh, moving to yeah. a, a smaller home, if you have a lot of value there. In this market, a lot of times the cash the cash uh, is what's king, yep. of course. That that. If you go in with cash, you're more likely to get the house in many Absolutely. cases. And so if you have that sitting there in the bank waiting, um, I, I know it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, I've heard a number of people say, yeah, I got 16 offers my first day. Uh, we dismissed all of them but the four that were cash. Now we're evaluating those four. So. <laughs> and, you, and, you know, that goes back to having the right team, meaning working with that realtor, because – the number one thing that I try to bring to the table and teach our, our region of originators as well is to get a hold of that listing agent. Be the first one. The minute your buying agent calls you and says, hey, Stephen, or hey, you know, Leo, or hey, whatever, Philip, I need a pre-approval letter, that's fine. Issue that letter and get that listing agent's name and number and give them a call. I don't care if it's Saturday at 10 o'clock at night, if it's Sunday in the morning. The fact that if if a listing agent gets irritated, then you've gotten their attention, right? So <laughs> That's right. I preach that. And then that listing agent's like, man, this, this guy called me at freaking 10 o'clock at night. I, I got to call him back. And so, so it creates uh, an opportunity for you to be different than these 15 or 16 other offers. And that's what we have to do. We have to be different. I'm sending, I, I'm sending these folks uh, videos of myself. You know, hey, John, you know, Stephen Jackson, regional vice president, LHM, 
you just got an offer on XYZ address with Betty Sue and Bobby Sue. I just wanted to let you know, these po folks are fully approved up front. It's as good as cash. All we got to do is make the appraisal and the numbers work. Let me know. We can close you quickly. And when that listing agent gets that email, I'm getting a huge, you know, response of, man, love the email. You got, you know, thank you so much. I'll be calling you. So we have to be different. Right. We have to let the listing agent know why that buyer is good. But again, guess what? If, if the lender doesn't vet them and doesn't, you know, do the front end process correct, <laughs> they're just going to be based back to what I said before. Because there is a huge difference between being pre-qualified and being pre-approved. Yeah, a huge no. difference. No, absolutely. All right, Stephen, it's uh, time for us to go to a break again. When you come back, uh, when we come back, I want you to tell people how to get in touch with you. And I also understand you're growing. And I want you to yeah. tell some folks about that, too. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power. We'll be right back. Harlan Pickett, Health and Wealth Power Hour. Thank you so much for joining in today. We have Mr. Stephen Jackson. He is a mortgage broker. Got lots of folks out there that made lots of moves during the pandemic, but it's not too late to fulfill that American dream of home ownership and having a local lender is really the key because you have someone to talk to. A gentleman like Steven's been in this industry for 28 years, so a lot of experience. And, man, just hearing you talk about the huge difference between, you know, a pre-approval and, you know, just uh, going in, uh, I'll, I won't say blindly, but going in because someone said, yeah, everything looks good. Those are those are really two totally different things. <laughs> well, there are. And, and those are the ones that usually say, oh, yeah, and they quoted me a rate still of 4%. Oh, really? Okay. Um, let me know when that happens, okay? I'll, I'll talk to you soon. You know, that type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's scary out there. But, yeah, being local, you know, we're, we're all throughout Texas. Um, my region, and I am. I'm. I'm. I'm looking at uh, bringing on uh, more branches in the Houston area. Um, you know, I've got branches in uh, up in the Dallas Fort Worth market, um, throughout that entire market. Uh, Great Vine. We've got them in Flower Mound. We've got them in Keller. We've got them in uh, uh, Rockwall. Um, so flat. You know, and 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 in Houston, we have some representation as well, but. We are. We're looking at adding um, branch branches. Um, what I mean by that is, is that if we find the right branch manager that has its current team, you know, we'll vet them through the interview process and make sure it's the, you know, the fit we're looking for, because our company is unique um, in the fact that we are a direct lender. Um, so we make our underwriting decisions, which is wonderful, and we really provide great support and pricing. Uh, so that the consumer has the best experience. Um, as for the rest of Texas, I mean, if, if the shoe fits, I, I'm the one that they go through to see if that decision does fit. And I'm also the one that makes the decision if it doesn't, as well as my boss, uh, Joe Bartram. And he's been with the company for over 12 years. And so um, we're really happy to have that opportunity because we're getting a lot of people that are starting to come to us because we are – um, not as big as some of these major, major lenders that are out there. And a lot of the originators and branch managers are starting to see that the margins are starting to shrink as the rates go up. 
So some of them are looking for better opportunities. And um, people can get a hold of me through a couple of ways. Um, number one, of course, is my website, which is uh, Jackson Mortgage Time. That's T-I-M-E. One word, jacksonmortgagetime.com. Um, everything you need to know about me is there. And in regards to my direct phone, which is on all the time, you can text or call me at 214-957-9733. So jacksonmortgagetime.com or my cell phone of 214-957-9733 is the best way to get a hold of me. Hey, that sounds great, buddy. Hey, I sure appreciate you being on today, man. It's really great uh, hearing your information. I'm sure that people can find you on Facebook, too. Yes, they can, and I do have a business site, uh, Jackson Mortgage Time, and I'm also on Instagram, Jackson Mortgage Time. So okay. people will see that I uh, love to have fun. I love to make people feel comfortable through this process. Um, I jokingly tell people at, at parties or gatherings, you know, what is it you do for a living? Oh, it's nothing important. We just get people money to buy a house. And once <laughs> they hear that, they kind of know that I mean that in a very serious but fun manner. Because at the end of the day, we want the client to be comfortable with what they're dealing with, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, it's not as hard as you can make it, but you make it what you want to make it. No, absolutely. It's not as hard as you can make it because if you try to do it by yourself, it's going to be real hard. Uh, and if you yeah, uh, if you get someone such as yourself, Stephen, and it sounds like your group is with all the experience and, once again, the the front-end work that you do on it, that's what makes all the difference. That That is what – allows people to have their offer accepted and allows them to get in that home of their dreams. And, hey, I, I like what you said earlier, too, because I have to tell people the same thing on the insurance side, and that is, hey, I know you want that house, but you can't afford that house. <laughs> unless, right. unless you tell me something, uh, you, you got something else that you're not telling me. But remember, I told you to tell me everything, then that's yep. not the one for you. But here, let me find you something that will still fulfill your dream but it's not going to be that one. We got to talk about what's realistic, and and That's you know exactly right. Everyone wants that zero uh, zero deductible, zero copay, uh, you know five five hundred dollar a month uh, health insurance plan for their family. Well, that don't exist anymore. So now let's get to the reality and talk about what there's actually out there and what fits for you. <laughs> hey, that's exactly right. And I I I have been stern in my beliefs that uh, being being honest and direct. Uh, will offend some people. Um, trust me, there's enough people in America that are offended about many things, from baseball <laughs> to football to many things. <laughs> to everything. I, right. <laughs> I believe that my job is to make sure that I tell them, you are what you are, and this is what you are. Um, if they like that, we have a very smooth closing and get it done. If we don't, um, let the agents go through two or three more lenders and then um, – probably have a potential to lose that particular buyer. Yeah, and, and it is unfortunate. You know, you know I talked uh, a little bit earlier about, unfortunately, in every industry, there are those that are looking out for themselves and not for their client, and that uh, mm -hmm. that, that does put industries themselves in, in a bad light. And in particular, I was talking about doctors earlier, just have fell into that in the last couple of years where that just – it was very uncommon before that doctors were looked at that way, but it's becoming a little bit more Absolutely. that way just because people are, are got a different mindset now since the pandemic. But, yeah. uh, you know, I've got some really good friends that I, I call very ethical people that are used car salesmen. And 
yeah. you know, oh, yeah. people would think that that's just there's just no way that could possibly be true. But everyone's not like what stereotypes are for certain certain things, and so that's I, I, uh, I totally agree with you on that. And, and you know, it, it it boils down to something very simple. If you look at the grocery store world today, I grew up in a time where we didn't have robots, basically, right, checking us out. We right. had a cashier, and we had somebody that bagged the groceries, and, and, and oh, my goodness, that the, the, the person actually walked, had the courtesy to walk those groceries to my car. Well, guess what? We provide that service still. We will never be taken over by 100% technology. We will always make sure that we have a hand in the transaction to make sure that that person feels comfortable. They may not like some of the things that we have to say, just like I don't like some of the prices I pay at that grocery store. When I choose, I choose to leverage the cashier and the person that still bags my groceries because I do know those groceries are a little higher. But the value in the long run to me and the satisfaction that I get going home compared to the frustration I get of running my own groceries through a a scanner is worth every bit of that uh, maybe a little bit deviant in price. So I will leave people with this. You get what you pay for no matter what the service is, and it's most important that you get the right thing when buying the American dream. Hey, amen, brother. Hey, I appreciate you once again being on here. Good luck to you guys, and uh, maybe in the future we can have you back on again. Uh, love to uh, talk to you away from the radio, too, about how we may be able to Absolutely. partner on a, on a couple of things, too, buddy. So I'll be in touch with we'll, you soon, we'll, Stephen. Would love to. Thank you, All sir. Right. Take yes, care. Yes, sir. You have a blessed God day. Bless. All right. Hey, that was great. Hey, pr- guys, don't ever underestimate the the importance of having an expert in anything that you're working on. Uh, obviously, I am a huge proponent of that in anything in the – insurance world and even the non-insurance things that we work on with eagle care if somebody's looking for a good mortgage broker you guys reach out to steven because he will help hook you up thanks for joining us again today we'll catch you next week on health and wealth power hour we are out